This episode of Podcast Me Anything, and frankly, all future episodes of Podcast Me Anything for the foreseeable future, are brought to you by PodPage. PodPage is the automatic and incredible podcast website page builder. Just go on over to podpage.com, enter in your RSS feed, make some design choices, turn on and off a few of the key features that they have there, and boom. Just like that, you've got a podcast website. All of your episode content is pulled in from your RSS feed, the audio, the text, the links, all that good stuff gets brought over and you are done, ready to go. The best part is when you upload a new episode, boom, the episode shows up in your PodPage pre-built website. And the nice thing about PodPage, one of the features that I really like about it is that he does short links to your full episode URL. So I know every time that I start a new episode, what the URL is going to be before I put in the title and whatnot. So for example, if you're listening to this, this is probably going to be podcastmeanything.com slash 47 or 48. But when the episode gets published, that'll redirect to the full SEO friendly URL that includes some of the keywords and the words from the title of the episode. So it's a really great feature, which makes it super easy. They are focused on good SEO and a bunch of very rich features to make this a fantastic platform. So again, check out podpage.com. Use the promo code PMA. That's PMA as in podcast me anything to try PodPage for one month for free. Podpage.com promo code PMA. So delighted for our guest today here on Podcast Me Anything. I actually had the pleasure of meeting her at PodFest, a live in-person event. Yes, there was a time where we were seeing people in person. Uh, That happened earlier this year at PodFest back in March, just before all the craziness. And uh, I learned a little bit about her company, Quill, at that time and definitely wanted to learn more. And I'm sorry it took us this long to connect and to get her on the show. But we are chatting with Fatima Zaidi of Quill. She is based in Toronto, the company's headquarters in Chicago. And you can find them in a lot of places here in the States, though. Fatima, thank you so much for joining us on Podcast Me Anything. Thanks so much for having me, Matthew. It feels like a very far distant future where we were at PodFest, except it was the last event before the pandemic. So I'm glad we made it out. Right? I mean, we were thinking about it while we were down there, but it certainly was not nearly as scary as it is today. And I mean, I just remember that dinner where we all sat around eating and joking and having a good time. And I yearn for those days again. I know. I remember sitting across from Albin, who's the head of marketing at Buzzsprout, and he kept every five minutes taking out hand sanitizer and cleaning his hands. And I I told him how paranoid he was. And I was like, this is going to be over in a few weeks. And he is having the last laugh. He actually emailed me recently saying, remember that time where you said that this was just going to last a few weeks? I'm glad Albin is staying safe. We do like Albin a lot. So you have a platform called Quill, and the idea is basically to allow aspiring podcasters who want to create content, who want to put out a good show, who want to grow their show, add all sorts of services to find professionals in the space. So you are basically, you know, a a job board for podcast professionals, but I won't, I will let you put it in your own words. Tell us a little bit about, about Quill, how it got started and what your mission is. Yeah, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job as like a first time elevator pitch. But let me give you some context. I ran an agency for a lot of years and primarily our agency worked with corporate enterprise teams. And in the last year, we got a lot of requests from large companies asking us to create podcasts for them. What I started realizing, I mean, as a medium, I'm a huge podcast consumer. I find it so fascinating what the ROI and conversion rates are of podcasting. I love the intimate nature of, you know, being a host, creating a 
a really good show as well as like the marketing benefits of having one. Um, But I did also start to realize very quickly that not everybody has big brand budgets. And so what if you're an indie podcaster or like an independent solopreneur who wants to start a show and has really good content to share, but doesn't necessarily have the big bank Fortune 500 wallets. And so we launched Quail, which is the world's first marketplace for podcasters. So very similar to what you said, it's the one-stop shop Fiverr or Upwork equivalent to the podcasting community. So if you're looking to start a show or outsource elements of your existing show, Uh, You can go onto our platform and hire podcasting experts at a range of different price points for whatever services you're looking. And of course, you know, if you're a big enterprise team and you have big budgets, you're going to want to work with an agency and have a team of people around you. And so we do have our agency side of the business too, where we work with larger brands and teams, but we wanted to make sure as a medium, it was accessible to everyone. So we offer 30 minute consultations. We figure out where in the process you are, what you can afford, what, you know, the best practices are, and then we'll pair you with a freelancer on our platform or we'll take you in-house at our agency. So I definitely want to talk about your agency, what you've been seeing, you know, in general, as well as through the pandemic with podcast production. But going back to the platform a little bit. So when somebody goes through your platform, right, they're hiring just a show notes writer, just an editor, maybe a marketer or something like that. Are they paying for their that services through Quill or, you know, once that relationship is created, they take it offline? So that's a really great question, and it's sort of a pain point that most marketplaces like Fiverr and Freelance.com and Upwork will face. There is always the risk of taking it off off the platform. And so typically the transaction is done through the platform and we do have a terms and condition that we'd like to stay on there so that we can mediate the conversations. That being said... Um, I will say we've created an escrow system that really sort of protects and benefits both the freelancers and our clients. So we're actually not seeing a lot of people move off the platform. The first being, um, if you do leave the platform, you don't have the ability to access more clients. So if you feel like you're at capacity and you want to leave the clients, that's one thing. But if you're looking for more work, we won't have you come back if you decide to take the clients off. And then the second thing to also keep in mind is I think one of the biggest challenges for freelancers is invoicing, chasing people after money once the work is done. And then on the client side, I think one of the challenges is there's always a risk when you're going with a freelancer. There's no necessarily guarantee that the work that they do is going to sort of resonate. And here you are out thousands of dollars. And so what we've created is an escrow system where the client has to remit the money, but it's not submitted to the freelancer. It's in an escrow system sort of held on the cloud on Quill. And then once the client confirms that the files have been received or the work has been done and that they're happy, and once the freelancer has confirmed that it's done, only then is the money remitted to the freelancer. So it sort of protects both parties. And I think because of that security, along with a lot of other benefits that we offer to being a part of the Quill community, we've sort of tackled that retention factor. Since most of our audience are content creators and those who would you know consider themselves podcasters, what are the benefits to the freelancers, to the professionals for getting themselves listed on the platform? Yeah, so great question. I would say aside from the obvious, which is recurring work, we we actually have a very different model from Fiverr and Upwork in that not anyone can be a freelancer. So to start, you have to be based out of North America, which protects freelancers from being price cut in places like India and Eastern Europe, where people can do it for a fraction of the cost, which I find is a really big challenge for one, content creators and freelancers on platforms like Fiverr and Upwork. When you're offering your services, it's extremely frustrating that someone in India can come in and do it for a fraction of the same cost. 
Um, the second thing is for the benefit for the client is quality control. We actually have an application process that you have to go through. We vet your customer or case studies. We vet your work experience. We benchmark your pricing. So clients are getting access to a very curated platform and we're attracting high quality clients. And so the benefit to the freelancers, recurring work and a great pipeline of constant customers. We also have a review system. So if you're happy with the freelancer, you leave them a review, you leave them a testimonial, and then that also spikes more customers returning back to you. Uh, recurring re- recurring revenue is like another huge factor. We have a Slack channel and a community group where you can tap into other freelancers to share best practices. And so I would say those are a bit of the few, and then you don't have to worry about invoicing and collecting your, your payments. So since you have the opportunity to work with both clients asking about podcasts from the intake side, from your agency side, you know, the professionals, you have this community where you're hearing from podcasters. What would you say are some of the interesting trends or, you know, what do you, what do you see as the direction of podcasting, you know, right now and and maybe moving forward? You know, it's interesting. Back in the 1980s, every company had a phone number for their business. In the 1990s, every company started having a website. And then in the 2000s, early 2000s, it was social media. And I think in the next five to 10 years, every company will either have their own podcast or be advertising on one. And, you know, I think if we look at the stats, we have over 1.5 million podcasts with 200,000 of those being added in the last 60 days, essentially since the pandemic spiked. We, you know, are seeing this exponential growth on both sides, India podcaster side as well as the brand side. And I think, you know, it's interesting. Back in 2007, the question was, should we be on social media? And now the question is not should we, but when. And similar to that, I think we're at the beginning of the hype cycle. So people who are podcasting today are going to be influencers in the next five to 10 years. Just like if you were one of the first people on Twitter in 2007, by default, you're an influencer today. So I just think that people consume content in different ways. For some people, it's visual. For some, it's written. For some, it's audio. And I think affluent, educated millennial professionals are tuning into content through audio for various reasons, you know, allows you to be productive while you're you're listening to a podcast, you're actively engaged, it's not hurting engagement. There's so many different types of content. Spotify advertising is, I think, a huge sort of determinant of that as well. And because, you know, it's attracting a very specific target audience. Yeah, I think it's here to stay. I think that's definitely that question of whether it's a fad is no longer around. And I think people who have started early in this industry are sort of first to market. What do you think in particular are the types of shows or the most successful types of podcasts coming out of corporations? Because what I've always said to clients is, right, nobody wants to subscribe to your commercial, right? So how does a company put out a podcast that is going to be effective and successful without boring? You know, the best advice that I got once is, the best way to be a salesperson is to not be a salesperson. And, you know, day to day, we're using all of these brands, McDonald's, Slack, Amazon, Google, Facebook, but we don't have an emotional connection with them. And so, you know, if you want to do sales and you're focused on the ROI in terms of dollars coming back to you, invest in performance marketing. But if you're looking to build an emotional connection with your 
loyal customers, audiences, and following, that's when you should create a podcast because what other medium do you have the opportunity to really tell your story and really connect with your customers on a level that's beyond purchasing power? And so, you know, there is a very tasteful and successful way of advertising your products and services that's done creatively. I think McAfee is a company with their podcast is called Hackable and they've done it really smartly. And then one that I was listening to recently is by General electric where they solve extraterrestrial messages using general electric products and and services and so that was one that I found to be just a really interesting and creative idea I was like kind of out there and kind of kooky but I was like it's a smart way of promoting your products and services and similarly I would say you don't necessarily need to be pushing your products and services because you're creating those touch points with customers that inevitably they will start looking your company up, developing an emotional connection to your brand and sort of, you know, converting into a customer if that is your end goal. Or you could, you know, use it as a sales lead gen tool by inviting industry experts that you're willing to build a relationship with to come on and be a guest on your show. Yeah, I mean, I've always said to companies, right, don't build a podcast that you would listen to regardless of whether your company was attached to it, right? And and if you make a podcast that is enjoyable, that people will listen to, that they will check out, and then they get to know that it's from your company, right? You will create, as you said, that relationship with the brand, not just a sales pitch. So yeah, I think, I think that absolutely nails it. So if you are a podcast professional, right? One, what should you be doing to sign up? And two, what are you seeing is not only the most in-demand services, but what do you think are like the next gen services that podcasters and podcast producers are going to have to have in their tool belt in order to be successful going forward? All great questions. So if you are looking to sign up as a freelancer on our platform, full caveat, we do have a massive wait list. And I think one of the biggest challenges with our marketplace is that, and I think people don't understand this because we get like, emails every day with people being like, I filled out my application months ago and I still haven't been approved. And I don't think people understand that with a marketplace, we can't approve everyone because we're trying to manage supply and demand. We don't want to be in a situation where we have hundreds of thousands of freelancers and not enough work or hundreds of thousands of customers and not enough freelancers. And so you have to very incrementally manage the two so that you're not in a surplus on either side. And so because of that, we, we've actually noticed in the last Last six months, we've had an influx of audio editors. So we definitely don't need any more audio editors. But where the gaps for us, and we're actually looking right now, if anyone's listening and interested, we need support with you know, pre-production. So people who can focus on episode structures, scripts, plans, concepting. And then we need more people who can do cover art. So podcast logos and social graphics is another one that we have a huge gap for. And then I would say probably the biggest area that we are looking for people right now, where it's, I find it really hard to find good marketers for podcasts. So people who can do Spotify advertising, cross promotion on other podcasts, building lists, applying for PR awards, renting RSS feeds, like social media, content, writing blogs, like anything that falls under sort of the marketing umbrella is where we have a really big gap because we're finding podcasting is such a new category that there's just not enough experienced marketers. 
I, you know, I definitely want to touch a little bit more on that marketing piece. Speaking of artists and graphic designers, I have someone in mind specifically. I am sending him a link right now to make sure he signs up and, and gets on there. You know, that marketing piece always comes up in any discussion I have about podcasting with podcasters, with platform creators, with service providers. Uh, you know, the, the advertising your podcast is obviously a very strong way to do it, whether it's within other shows or on the platforms, Overcast, Spotify, like you kept mentioning, great way to do it. But yeah, like among the folks that you have doing marketing on the platform, what is it that they are doing that tends to be the most successful strategy for marketing a good podcast? So let me actually speak to the agency side of our business because we're a full service production and marketing team. And I would say that is where we really shine is audience growth. And I specifically am in the trenches with our customers building their followings one download and listener at a time. And so I feel like I've really understood the pain points of this industry and where the gaps are. And actually, this year we partnered with Spotify. They're building out Spotify Ad Studio and we're doing it alongside them. We use them for every single one of our clients. And we're actually building an internal product for audience growth to automate that process at Quill. And so... The one thing that we found is for every $100 in ad spend, we're getting about 80 clicks to our Spotify ads. The challenge is because Spotify is such a new product, there's no data showing us how many of those clicks are translating into podcast downloads unless you're basically sitting side by side on your simple cast or hosting platform to watch the spikes and making those arbitrary sort of correlations. I would say for the most part, though, I think Spotify ads works really well for our clients. And then it's a combination of tactics like contests, a call to action, asking people to subscribe to your show. And also very important, leave reviews on Apple podcasts, because when you get spikes in reviews, that's when Apple starts trending you on their charts and pushing you through their internal algorithm. A lot of our clients are trending on Apple charts a lot. So it's a combination of the ads contest. We apply for all of the PR awards. We have this massive repository of awards that we tap into. We are constantly, we've actually built an internal podcasting network of hundreds and thousands of podcasts. I'd actually love to add you to our roster where anytime we bring on a client and if they have budget, we'll tap into our existing roster and figure out who's a good match from an ideal listener profile and either do a cross promotion or what we'll do is we'll purchase an ad slot. So I would come to you and say, Matthew, you have the same audience as this client. Can we purchase a 30 second or 60 second ad slot on your podcast? When you find the right podcast, your listeners will spike overnight. That's what we're finding. So if you have a loyal following that's tuning in week after week and they're listening to similar content, similar to Spotify advertising where you can get very granular with who you're targeting. Same with cross-promotion on shows. You can get very granular with the types of people that you're trying to tap into. And then, of course, the usual things like social media and blogs, but I find that that's more SEO and brand awareness and doesn't necessarily lead to spikes in audience. Those are all pretty much exactly what I'm seeing in all the same places. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely seeing very similar trends and similar strategies play out and, and seeing what works and what doesn't work. All right. So, you know, again, for those who are listening, who are a, you know, viable content producer or even on the other side, what do they need to do? What do they need to know to check out Quill and take advantage of the services you guys provide? Yeah, so whether or not you are a creator and want to be a freelancer on our platform or you're looking to start a show, just go to our website, quillit.io, and 
Book a 30-minute consultation with me if you want to purchase our services or be paired with a freelancer. And if you don't want to be a customer and if you want to be a freelancer, then the application process is there and you can always send an email as well. We'll send you a survey with an application form. And if you sort of fit the criteria of what we're looking for right now, then you get approved almost instantly after we've done our due diligence. So really looking forward to connecting with all of you. And, you know, before I let you go, you, we, you know, before we started to hit record, you were talking about the Listen In Podcasting Conference. It was supposed to happen this year. Obviously, you know, that didn't, but it is still slated right now for March of 2021. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's one of the world's first enterprise podcasting events. So a lot of really great events like PodFest and podcast movement that's more focused on the indie podcasters, but not a lot of events out there really supporting brands moving into podcasting. And so we decided to gather together some of the greatest and best minds, both from the industry standpoint, as well as like the corporate side of companies who are having a lot of success with podcasting to sort of help further the medium and talk about best practices. Our headliner is Sarah Koenig, the co-creator and host of Serial. And um, yeah, we, we absolutely love her. We think she just made podcasting a household name, so it made sense to have her. And yeah, we have some really great sponsors and speakers in our roster. It's supposed to be in March at the Millennium Biltmore in LA, but well, we'll see how that plays out. I think realistically, we probably won't be able to do it until there is a widespread vaccine, which so we're probably looking at least a year from now. Okay. Yeah. Fall, fall 2021 sounds a little bit more realistic today, but you know, we can always hope and and stay optimistic that we'll be able to get back together, be in touch sooner, connect in person again, still take names and kick ass in the podcasting space. Well, once again, we've been chatting with Fatima Zaidi. She is from Quill. You can learn more about them at quillit.io. There will be a link to Quill in the show notes for this episode as well as on podcastmanything.com. If you are looking for services, reach out to them, whether it's Fatima's agency or using their marketplace of professionals. I'm sure you're going to hire and find a talented, talented podcaster. And conversely, since most of you are already podcasters, if, as she said earlier, if you have those needed skills, if you are doing something and you want to, you know, maybe get in that marketplace, find more regular recurring work, I would encourage you to fill out the application and sign up and just be patient. But Fatima, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Matthew. Have a wonderful rest of the week and happy Halloween. 